if you're on Medi-Cal, you're probably pretty busy. You know, English may not be your first language and the sort of accessibility to the system that we take for granted may not be available to them. So when we go to doctor's offices, when we go to schools, when we go to others, they've been very receptive in trying to find ways to help because they realize that this is a real problem. And, you know, whether you're a library system or a church or something else, right, you want to make sure that the people that use your services continue to get this free coverage that they're entitled to. It's about all of us getting together and providing that information as people need it. Welcome to This is Rural Health, a podcast from the California State Rural Health Association. The CSRHA is focused on ensuring that the needs and voices of rural Californians are expressed and heard, and is continually working toward improving the quality and length of life of rural Californians. This podcast brings together leaders in rural health care with policy advisors, community leaders, and other forward thinkers to gain a better understanding of what's happening across today's rural health care ecosystem. Each week, you'll hear the unique perspectives of industry and community leaders and how they're finding innovative solutions to the challenges of a rapidly changing and increasingly complex healthcare industry. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to This is Rural Health, the official podcast of the California State Rural Health Association. As always, I'm your host, Scott Hertzberg, president of the CSRHA. And today I'm joined by Daryl Eng of HealthNet. Daryl serves as the vice president of communications. Daryl, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here. We're so glad to have you, and I'm glad that our schedules were able to align because I know that what you're here to talk about today is really time-sensitive. We're talking all things redetermination. Now, someone like me who doesn't work on the payer side of things, I don't really understand what redetermination is. I know it's very important, especially to our Medi-Cal beneficiaries. So if you don't mind, could you talk to me a little bit about why redetermination is so important and, and what exactly it is? Sure. So I lead the communications and marketing team at HealthNet. And one of our jobs is to make sure that we keep our members informed and enrolled. And over the next 12 months or so, every Medi-Cal member will have to prove that they are still eligible for Medi-Cal. So this was an annual process prior to the pandemic. And the state and federal government wisely paused that process during COVID to make sure that everybody had coverage. But now that the public health emergency has ended and a couple of other laws have passed, they're asking everybody to renew their coverage. And we try to use the word renew because redetermination is such a jargon term that no normal person understands. So people understand having to renew insurance and and that's the language that we try to use. So what it means is, The state is asking everybody to go through this renewal process. Some people they will have enough information on, so it'll happen automatically. So if you file taxes, if you are experiencing homelessness, if you're on SNAP, which people used to call food stamps, etc., they know enough about you to automatically intuit that you remain eligible for Medi-Cal. But for everybody else, They will be getting a yellow packet in the mail, generally on the month when you first signed up. So if you signed up in, say, August of 2017, you'll get it in August of this year. And then they'll ask that you return the packet so that they can make sure that you're still eligible. So how many people are we talking? 
that like, is this a few hundred thousand? Is this a million? So uh, the scope of this is really staggering. There are more than 15 million people on Medi-Cal across the state. So if you think about it, there are nearly, there are almost 40 million Californians. So more than one in three are on Medi-Cal. And the state estimates that between two and three million people will lose coverage during this process. Now, there are two ways why you might lose coverage. One is sort of in the positive way. You got a job, so your employer provides benefits, or you got married and your spouse has benefits, so you don't need Medi-Cal anymore, which is fantastic. You know, the other situation is if people don't follow the paperwork, fill out the paperwork correctly, and it's the, the jargon term for that is it's a procedural, it was procedural that they did not requalify. So those are the ones that we're trying to reduce the number of. So academics had guessed prior to this restarting that roughly half of the people would be, would lose coverage for procedural reasons for not filling out paperwork. In others, in other states across the country where this process is moving along a little faster because they chose to go a little faster, we're seeing that it's closer to 80%. So that means that, you know, we need to double down our efforts to make sure that people are aware that they need to fill this paperwork out and get it back to their county. That is staggering. Yes, that, that is the correct word for it. What are, I guess, some of the challenges that you're seeing, you know, from HealthNet? So I think there are a couple opportunities that we all have to work together better. So I, I guess it's important to understand the process that enrollees, the beneficiaries have to go through to redetermine to then understand how we can better plug into this process. So they will get a yellow envelope in the mail and they can submit their information in several ways. One is you can mail a packet back. Two is you can call your county and give it to them verbally. Three is you can go to a website, Benefits Cal, and fill out the information. Or four is you can walk into a county office and do it that way if you don't have access to the internet or you prefer not to mail it back or something. So anecdotally, counties are seeing a surge in the number of people who are calling the number because that's what, you know one of the ways to do it. If you ask me if I, you know, if I wanted to go fill out paperwork and send it back or call somebody and have them answer some questions along the way, you know, I think I can see why so many people are, are, are deciding to call. So some of this is patience, but some of this too is there's not enough awareness that this has to happen. You know, one of the things that happened during the pandemic is even though you didn't, you weren't required to fill out the paperwork, people still got the request for information. Uh, for the last several years, they ignored it and then nothing happened. So now we have to teach people again, no, this is like, this one is serious. Please return it or something will happen. And, and it's sort of, you know, convincing them that something different will happen this time. So that's really the challenge that we all have and why the entire healthcare system from doctors to hospitals to community-based organizations serving Medi-Cal enrollees to health plans to, you know, faith-based organizations, you know, anybody, like boys and girls clubs, schools should all be involved in helping to bring attention to this process that everybody needs to undergo. So they they have a, the yellow packet comes in the mail. They've got one of four different ways that they can kind of get that information back. Um, That part seems pretty standard. Do you know it for the procedural failures, right? Is there any idea of how long it would take for someone to know that that has happened 
and if there's any process that they can do to correct or amend whatever paperwork. Well, this is one of the pickles that we're in is for the most part, enrollees, if they're not paying attention to their mail, which, you know, we'll just assume that's true. They won't know until they go to the pharmacy or they go to the doctor's office. So I guess let me first give you, but let me give you a number of, well, I'll, say, I'll put it this way. This is, these are ways that HealthNet is doing it. And I'm sure other managed care plans are doing something very similar. So we are sending them a letter in the mail if we have their email, an email and a text if we have their cell phone numbers to say, heads up, yellow envelope's coming, don't ignore it. Right? Those are probably not the words that DHCS approved, but something along those lines. On the sixth of the month after they fail to redetermine, which means they did not fill out the paperwork, we get a list of the members and we will immediately try to text them. We will send them another flyer in the mail that says, hey, you forgot to fill this out. We will robocall them and then we will try to call them with a warm, it's called a warm call, but you know, with a live person to try to remind them to do it. If all of that fails, that's when they lose coverage. So the focus of sort of the phase one of this campaign has been to encourage people to update their information. So if they change cell phone numbers or moved or, you know, some, we just need to find a way to reach them so we can activate all of these reminders to encourage them to send information. But in the case where they moved or they change their cell phone number and, you know, they're not getting information, they won't know until they go to the doctor or the pharmacy or the hospital. Yeah, I can I can imagine there's going to be a few there, especially with all of the shuffling that happened during COVID. I know that, you know, people I used to work with because my job changed during the last three years. They're like, hey, we still get email for you that, you know, I have no way of telling someone that that's not my email anymore. So I can imagine that there's going to be a fair number who are kind of in that section. So the the whole redetermination process is taking place over just over a year, right? Yeah, so it started in April and it'll finish in June of 2024. Okay, so there, it's entirely possible that based on the time that someone enrolled, that their yellow envelope isn't coming for another six months or something, right? You were saying based on the time of the year. So the best thing that folks can do now is make sure all their information is current so that when that envelope comes, that they're able to respond to it quickly. So... As you're engaging with our enrollees, what are some of the things that you've learned and you know, maybe some strategies that can help make sure that they're able to get on the, on the best foot? So you know, this is sort of a flip answer, so I'll start with that and sort of have give a more serious answer. If I'm an enrollee, I, can, I can't imagine anything more annoying than getting emails and texts and phone calls for something that I could already do. So the easiest way to do that is get the envelope and turn it right back in. Then nobody will contact you. You'll... You'll maintain your coverage. You won't get any texts from numbers you don't recognize. You won't get any robocalls, you know. So maybe that's maybe that's what we need to start blasting out. Avoid robocalls. Fill out your yellow envelope. Um, I will tell you what. If there's a number I could call to avoid the other robocalls I get, <laughs> I would be calling that number right now. <laughs> but, you know, one thing that we've learned during this process is that there is a real desire to help from those who serve Medi-Cal enrollees and beneficiaries. And you know, I think we understand that, you know, if you're on Medi-Cal, you're probably pretty busy. You know, English may not be your first language and the sort of accessibility to the system that we take for granted may not be available to them. So 
when we go to doctor's offices, when we go to schools, when we go to others, they've been very receptive in trying to find ways to help because they realize that this is a real problem. And, you know, whether you're a library system or a church or something else, right, you want to make sure that the people that use your services continue to get this free coverage that they're entitled to. It's about all of us getting together and providing that information as people need it. So if I am a provider or if I'm at a CBO, what's something that I can do proactively to kind of help my patients who who will be dealing with this over the next few months? So DHCS and managed healthcare plans like HealthNet have resources available. So I'll use us as an example, and I'm sure others have similar examples, but we have mailed a poster to Medi-Cal providers that serve Medi-Cal patients. The poster says, watch out for the yellow envelope. We put on the command strip tab. So all they have to do is, I guess they have to get their own, you know, uh, yeah, but they, you know, they clean the wall and just post it on, right? And 14 months from now, take it down, you know, and we provide flyers. So uh, for many of our providers, you know, they tell us how many copies they want. We mail it to them, right? We don't need them to go to Kinko's to go make these copies themselves. You know, we want to make sure that their patients know that this is coming and that these are available. And I know DHCS has similar resources. You know, it's my opinion. And, and one of the things that I did in a previous life was HealthNet lent me to the state to go run COVID vaccine communications. And, you know, one of the things that we learned is, you know, there are trusted messengers and people take these messages different ways. So it's not just that, you know, that DHCS has the magic way to unlock every single person understanding this and they do good work. But, you know, there's there's value in all of us saying it in slightly different ways. So different audiences hear it correctly and you know, one of the things that we've been doing is going to community and cultural fairs. So, and we're trying to figure out how do we get to those places to talk about redetermination? Because if you're a normal person, you're not reading Kaiser Family Health News with all due respect to them to learn the latest stats on redetermination, right? Like your kid wants to go to a bounce house or to get, you know, something to eat and you'll go to the culture festival and you might run across this. And, and we want to make sure that information is available to them. Okay, so you're getting out there, and it's fair to say you're offering things in multiple languages? Yep, so we have them in available in all the threshold languages, which is jargon for saying there are a lot of languages. Uh, I think there are 17 languages across the state that, that they're translated into. So not everything is translated into every single language, but you know, a flyer, you know, other information we have in those languages. Okay, so that's that's fantastic. So you're, you're proactively reaching out to the affected patients and providers and CBOs have, you know, resources available to them. I see here that there's a toolkit that they can use as well. So it sounds like you're doing the best that you can to create this safety net and then to still catch people as they fall and all of that. That is, that is fantastic. It is, you know, what we really need. And, and part of what I think we really enjoy in California is this constant looking out for everybody and making sure that even the most vulnerable are taken care of and have the resources available to them. So I guess my last question is kind of if if there's any issues that our listeners should watch out for as we're getting kind of into the thick of it with the redetermination. So I think right now where we are is an interesting time because 
we are doing everything that we can think of, but we don't have actual data yet from California to know whether it works or not. So we will start seeing the data July 1st, August 1st for the first month or two of, of redeterminations. And, and then we'll know, right? This is kind of like spring training where everybody has practiced bunting the ball and practiced, you know, fielding, right? But until you start playing games, you don't know what the score is. And I think we will all need to be nimble in, you know, sort of reacting to what works because, you know, maybe people don't check their mailboxes anymore. You know, I, I know I check mine maybe once every 10 days and then I get mad at all the bills I get, you know, and, and maybe it's something else, right? But we'll need to look at that data and figure out how we as providers, as, as healthcare plans, as people who serve Medi-Cal beneficiaries can better reach them if what we're doing now doesn't work. Okay, so so we're recording this in mid June, and by the time this airs, we'll be probably in the first week or so of July. So what we're going to do for the CSRHA is post some information on our website. We'll link it in this, but we'll also put some information on our website that can help to direct folks to the resources that HealthNet is making available, and hopefully that'll that information will will land right as we're starting to get data back, and then. We can just work hand in hand to take care of everyone and make sure that they get what they need. Absolutely. This will be a team effort, you know, much like any team sport, right? We all have a role to play and no single person can can be the determining factor. But if we all work together, we can help our Medi-Cal beneficiaries stay covered. I think of this as really a moral issue. You know, we have the more responsibility to help people who may or may not have the resources that we have to stay covered. And it's a it's a program already available to them. We just need to make sure that they do the paperwork necessary so that they can stay healthy and keep their families healthy and get the care that they need. All right. So I want to drop a link in our show notes. So that would be bridgingthedivideca.com, I think is probably the, the best place to send folks if they want to proactively go look and get more information. But then everyone look for, for the article from HealthNet. We'll have that in our newsletter and we'll have that linked on our website. Daryl, thank you so much for having the time to come and talk to me about this and to share all the work that you all are doing with our audience. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And thank you for allowing us to spread the word about redetermination. Yeah, anytime. And, and hopefully we'll check in with you in a few months and kind of see where things are landing and if we need to adjust any strategies to take care of our population. Look forward to it. Thank you very much. This is Rural Health is the official podcast of the California State Rural Health Association and is made possible by the generosity of our members. Our producer is Noelia Sanchez at Noteworthy Lab. To learn more about the CSRHA or to become a member, visit us at csrha.org. If you have a suggestion for a future guest or topic for the show, email us at podcast at csrha.org. To make sure you don't miss any future episodes, please be sure to like and subscribe to our podcast and to follow us on Twitter at CSRJ Podcast. Thank you so much for your continued support of the California State Rural Health Association.